through a, a hazy IPA um, and we ended up going too big too soon. Um, realistically, we're... That was we, standing on the log with the chainsaw. That's the one, I yeah. love your marketing. Whoever does, <laughs> whoever does the marketing and the stories on the back about Hamish nearly dying. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one was actually dad. But, <laughs> keep um, it up. Keep yeah. it up, dad. Yeah. Judge up there. Oh, fucking. If only I was like six foot, like five, <laughs> six just doesn't cut it behind this counter. Half the time I find myself resting my chin on the counter. Yeah. Probably not great. <laughs> no, good stuff. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Drinks with Jackson podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson. And today uh, I'm joined with Hamish and Tim Hill at uh, Brugger, the Mog Brew Boys. That's it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How you going? Oh, Mate, it's busy. Melbourne traffic sucks. It really does, yeah. It's crazy. Never gets any better. It was lucky. Not since COVID anyway. Lucky you got the IGA up on the corner. So yeah, it's just that, easy that, that helps, yeah. <laughs> if we ever forget anything. Yeah. It's right there. Um, can you guys give a bit of a rundown to listeners as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, so we're, we're a couple of brothers from a little area called Moglanembi. Uh, if people are familiar with Yorora, it's about 10 minutes outside of there. I reckon there's probably about... 20 odd farms there we grew up there um then we made our way down to melbourne a few years ago now it really gets away from you mm. um as far as i guess uh mog backstory or at least the brand mog we started mog it was a couple of months before covid hit officially we always had a kind of spanner in the works trying to get something going because um hamish had a sort of passion for brewing well before we got started uh, as most people do. Um, I don't know. Do you want to kind of give a bit of a backstory when you started brewing? Um, it was when I was on college um, and a naive attempt to try and save some money and that obviously didn't work out as I had intended. Um, I think I bought the I bought one of the really basic Coopers yeah, kits. Yeah, it was Tim that technically started brewing before I did. Yeah, but I only got I got three batches in. The first one was average. The second one didn't carbonate, and the third one just bombed. A few exploding bottles, I think. Yeah, that too. Um, it, that was in an attempt to kind of, you know, get beers as a sixteen-year-old, um, and then yeah, it was. It just ended up being way too much effort. And then Hamish picked up the kit during college. Yep. And then yeah, just went from there. How we hooked. Um, I think it, I think it got about. I think he'd been doing it for maybe three or four years and it's the classic case of you know you'll have a you'll usually have a mate or a family member in this case that'll get into it they'll start brewing they'll force their beers down your throat and then you kind of just have to endure but uh i think as hamish was sort of getting into it and getting more equipment and getting more serious about it and you know he's got a he had he does have a chemistry background from his studies um, so that was, I think, helping quite a bit and obviously still helps to this day. Uh, the beers were sort of just getting better and better. Yeah. Um, and then I came to him at one point and just said, oh, is this something that you would consider doing? Seriously? Seriously, yeah, yeah. We, we uh, at the time, were both kind of... We uh, hated our jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a lot uh, of us do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, we wanted... We also, I think, both wanted to try to do something on our on our own um yeah i i uh, at the time was working in advertising and sort of 
uh, data, uh, data analytics, and um, I, I, a lot of the people in the industry um, that I'd sort of become friends with became, uh, you know, an amazing resource to kind of kickstart a lot of the, I guess, harder points around building a brand. So uh, we've really gotten to a point now where we've got a super tight team uh, externally, you know, from us that can bring to life these these products that Hamish creates. So good. Yeah, yeah. So how many SKUs do you have at the moment? Technically speaking, I, I would say officially we have two coming on three. Uh, You've got the country pale ale. The country pale ale, the country lager, and then we're about to release a raspberry seltzer. Hey. Um, in saying that, though, we do do a lot of, uh, I guess, single release brews. Um, and, you know, this is what Brugger is all about. Um, you know, it was it was always intended to be this collaboration with um, you know these guys here who do these amazing burgers, uh, and we just kind of smash our um, I guess our little fifty liter kit. Uh, well, technically Hamish does um, to to try all these new experimental brews out. So I would say, although I wouldn't consider them official new SKUs, um, we've probably put maybe. How many beers do you think you've brewed through that at the moment? 50, 60, something like that? Yeah. Maybe. You've had a crack. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's a great way to kind of, you know, see what punters like, see what we like, see what styles, you know. Uh, I think it's a good way for Hamish to flex his brewing skills and and see what he likes to brew. I don't think we're we, – we never, um, you know – both Hamish as a brewer and us as a brand, we never let trends or um, I guess uh, to a lesser extent sales impact what we want to try and brew. Sure. Like I think that there's, you will always find a, you'll always find a punter that wants to try a specific style. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, we, I think we found an audience, um, even though it's quite small at the moment, uh, that, that will give everything a crack. And usually you can kind of, probably um you know push people to try new things from time to time yeah. which is exactly what this place is all about mm. can you talk about the collaboration how it sort of come about yeah it was uh we were actually living just around the corner on eleanor street um yeah coming sort of just off barclay there and in um, footscray in footscray yeah yeah that's right um we were we were really struggling to find or take us take that next step. We wanted to get into a venue. We didn't have the cash to to sort of front that. And I just got chatting to a neighbor across the road and he um, he just said, I kind of laid it all out for him and said, yeah, this is what we're struggling with at the moment. Just, you know, having a chat with him and catching up. And he was like, oh, you should go and chat to, uh, there's, a, there's another cafe just up the road called West 48. And he said, you should go and chat to them. Like, I know that they've got another venue that they've, that's been closed for about a year you know I think they're, they're sort of struggling to um, reopen it like go and have a chat to them and see you know maybe something could come of it and I, I literally went around the corner you know 10 minutes later uh, thankfully the owner was there uh, Stefan he um, immediately made time we had a great chat uh, and within 10 minutes we kind of struck a, a, a basic deal um, and a, a purely a handshake deal, and to this day, that's that's pretty well what we've what we've sort of um, yeah maintained. Um, so yeah, we just said 
the, as it stands, um, how we kind of run this place is that we as Mog handle all of the front of house and then he handles all of the kitchen. So it's a really good division of kind of the, the booze and the food. Um, and they've been, you know, without getting into specifics, they've been beyond generous kind of helping us get a leg up. Um, and we think that moving forward, that's going to be a, a um, that's looking to be a long-term partnership. So Hell yeah. Yeah. Good collaboration. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Like obviously beers, you know, go hand in hand with good food. Um, you, you, you know, people like that are um, great to work with because you can kind of build... Um, we can either build the beers around the menu or vice versa. Um, you know, we're continually looking for new things to, to bring on to try to see what people like and, you know, see what combinations work well. Um, and then Hamish can kind of brew around that as well. And it's it, it's a, just another source of inspiration at the end of the day. Mm. Oh, yeah. Haim, uh, how do you come up with new recipes uh, and obviously, like, experiment new flavours? Um, pretty well every beer I do is different. Um and I will brew, depending on the season, first of all, um, and then kind of just what suits what the bar needs, more or less. Um, and then I'll just have an idea, or uh, particularly given that I'm brewing on such a small scale, um, there's a lot of incentive to just constantly try new ingredients, particularly new hops. So I'm always, yeah, always experiment, experimenting with different ingredients, just yep. trying to learn... Um, their impact on the beer as much as I can whilst I'm brewing on a, such a inconsequential size, I guess. Because if yeah. something goes wrong and it, you know, it does happen from time to time or there's something I don't like, uh, you know, it's not a big deal at the end of the day. Yeah, if it's I, not a massive hit. If I can't, if I can't sell it, you know, it's a little bit disheartening, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then I kind of just probably the main motivator is just brewing what I like to drink, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Those are probably the two main contributing factors, pretty oh, much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think um, we're lucky in that uh, there aren't many styles that we both don't like. Um, yeah, we like pretty well everything except for wheat beers and anything with lactose in it. Yeah, and that's and in saying that though, there are there are we, uh, we have had beers that we enjoy that do have yes. lactose in it. I think it's I think we've just been slapped with a couple of really heavy dessert beers sometimes, and you it's <laughs> like a milkshake, and you're like. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Beer versus, yeah, to, yeah I guess, yeah. A, a feed. They were um, talking about that um, at Fixation, where it just come from, uh, with Tom. And are, they, are those guys brewing any, uh, you know, chocolate cake, no. mud cake stouts or whatever? No, or? no, they only do the IPAs, but they've got the great beer debate coming up. And oh. one of them is, you know, about ice cream IPAs. <laughs> you know, where do you draw the line? Yep. So for yep. and against, I think that's... Are they, are they, are they, and I'm guessing they're against, are they? Uh, I think Tom's pulled the against card. Yeah. I don't know how you'd go it, arguing that, I but guess. Yeah, it's like three ravens, uh, little creatures. Like there's a few like decent breweries that are going to be sort of nutting it out in, fr- in, yeah. front of a, in front of a crowd. So. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Oh. They do photograph very well, though. You know, you, I think I feel like you, you look up like Omnipolo's Instagram <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a spectacle. Yeah. Beautiful colours. Yeah. yeah. Yep. How did the uh, seltzer? Because that's uh, it's an interesting skew to put forward, mm. uh, it, you yeah. know, into your core range potentially. Yeah, it's uh, the seltzer was very much a business decision at the end. Is of the day. Is it just for the non-beer drinkers? Absolutely, yeah. yeah we we smart. we're we're sort of uh, all of our, our our ventures, I guess. Um, this place included festivals, 
you're always going to have people that just aren't beer drinkers at the end of the day. You might be able to win them over with a seltzer sometimes. Sorry, a sour. Um, but yeah, you you do find a lot of punters that aren't aren't beer drinkers, and you want to have. I, f- I feel like we've always gunned for. Um, you know, being an entity that's as hospitable as possible for for as many people as possible. Um, you know, p- I think part of the reason that we started this was to bring people together. Mm. Um, you know, we love having beers with friends. It was kind of one of the um, one of the main reasons that we kind of uh, went down this path. Um, and if, if if for some reason somebody is feels like they're excluded, we want to try to bring them into the fold um we're not necessarily seltzer drinkers i actually don't we don't we would never probably buy them when we're out and about if there's you know if there's beers to be had that's always going to be our preference yeah um you know after having eight or ten beers though it is quite a common occurrence to switch to a, oh, a yeah. spirit and so yeah. pretty good to yeah. i'm always super up, stubborn i think i just, yeah, I, just keep yeah, going. i'm just beers <laughs> till the end of the night um maybe maybe wine but then that's a can be a recipe That's for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I'll, I'll usually try to stay the course. I think it's just a making sure that you are actually sticking to sessionable beers as opposed to, you know, I feel like I've been caught with my pants down a few times drinking huge IPAs and then all of a sudden you, you, you're you blinking twice and you're... Uh, you're Slurring your words. Yeah, a bit of that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was... I think we just kind of... We had a good uh, a good run with our sort of first experiment, seltzer wise. Um, we had great feedback, um, you know, from friends and and um, you know punters that we, you know, met through festivals and pop ups and that sort of thing. And uh, it it we just had so many people demanding that we put it into a can. Yeah. Um, and you know, at, at, as we are still brewing contract, at least for our. Um, you know, sizable batches, our lager and our pale. Um, we have to really consider the business implications of uh, canning that next skew. Um, sure. And we had had difficulties um, early on with, we tried to do, well, we did do a, a hazy IPA um, and we ended up going too big too soon. Um, realistically, where that we... That was standing on the log with the chainsaw. That's the one, I yeah. love your marketing. Whoever does, the, whoever does the marketing and the stories on the back about Hamish nearly dying. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one was actually dad. But, um, keep it up. Keep yeah. it up, dad. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, don't worry, there's plenty to uh, plenty to sort of exhibit on the cans yeah. moving forward. But um, no, the... We did do a hazy uh, a couple of years ago and we ended up going through two birds to do that just before they, they sold. Uh, they were phenomenal to work with. We, we love the beer, um, you know, Hamish's recipe and everything. And they, they did a, a really great job, you know, adapting it to their system. The, the issue was is that we brewed too much. I think we ended up doing a 40 heck run mm. and it was way too big for what we were at the time. Scaling. Yeah. Yep. We ended up with that in combination with COVID. Um, we ended up with kegs we couldn't sell. Uh, we ended up with slabs. We just had too many slabs and we were pushing up to a point where we had beer. Like I think in an ideal world, you want to be moving uh, You want to be moving particularly heavier IPAs within a couple of months, three, you know, maximum six months. And it got to the point where we were pushing it to its use-by date. Um, and also, you know, down to storage, like we didn't have appropriate storage for it. There were a lot of hard lessons learned with that as far as uh, what we need in the future and what we need to plan for. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, <laughs> How do you approach beer tasting and educating your customers? Um, that's also a kind of 
growing, uh, I guess, process. We we actually um, we've just picked up some tasting glasses from. There's a ripper company called Crafty Merch, yeah. um, and we've we initially bought all that glassware from them. They do. I think they're the only people that run. Your uh, socials are incredible with your those beer glasses. If yeah, I can they're so, they're, they do look they're, good, the, they're the best yeah. glasses, mm. um, and they're durable too, which I, really? I absolutely love. Yeah, I, yeah. I was always wondering because the, no, the they, they stems very fucking. Nah, we knock them around and yeah. keep going. No, I, th- I think we might have lost. Oh, we've taken a chunk out of one of them, and that's in the last ten months. Yeah, gee, uh, yeah. yeah. The 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 um, Rastal, that's the, yeah, so they're, they're sort of the, the main Rastal distributor in Australia and they, they do all, all the branding of the glasses and whatnot. Um, but we did go and recently visit them again um, in, the, in the process of kind of doing paddles uh, and they've sort of presented us with these beautiful tasting glasses, um, which we should have out in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, we're getting some paddles made up, some tasting paddles made up. But generally speaking, at least prior to this, what we've done is if people are kind of on the fence about trying something, we'll always just uh, encourage them to come and have a sniff up. Like always giving out tasters to people to just to introduce them to new products, new styles and new flavours. Um, you'll find a lot of the time that people, uh, you know, unless they're kind of incredibly invested in the craft beer space, um, people are usually pretty adventurous, but they may not know uh, exactly what they like and you can kind of help them get to that point. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what we've, you know, again, the ethos of this place has been just to encourage people to try everything. You know, you will find people that, that just straight up don't like styles, but it's a good way for them to at least um, work that out. And, and you know, you'll, you can very quickly pick apart, um, I guess, what what styles they might cling to, especially when you've, when you're kind of taking them along that customer experience journey, you know, you might have people, I, I think we would probably have your, 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 your case of people that were starting with Carlton products generally, um, you know, they may have only had draft or dry or Northern. Northern yeah. Um, and it's then, and then you, you know, if, if they're coming to us, um, you know, they might be looking to, to move, away from that or at least try something new yep. uh, and you really have to have a pathway for them you know we might go from that to a lager or a draft if we've got one on hand and then you can introduce them to lighter pails um, and you know building all the way up to bigger IPAs and you know dark beers if that's what they're if that's what they're they like um, and then you just find people that just straight up want sours uh, it's super variable um, it's all about just kind of having a chat with people and seeing what they've drunk previously and whether or not you can you know bring something new to the table yeah, sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, out of all the 50-odd brews that you've run through your plant, mm-hmm. uh, are there any seasonal or limited edition ones that really spring to mind as, like, highlights throughout your journey so far? Um, I think my favourite that I did was a hazy with um, nectar on and citra hops. I really like uh, a lot of the hops that are coming out of New Zealand at the moment. Yeah. Um, doing some really awesome stuff. So, um, yeah, having a lot of fun playing around with them at the moment. So... That's probably my pick of the bunch. Or um, last shot coffee stout. Yeah, I was just about to say that. that. Yeah, last winter I did a a stout um, and chucked some just coffee, cacao nibs, and vanilla beans in there, and yeah, yeah, that was that was very nice. We've had it's we've had people coming back this winter being like, "Where's the dark beers? We (laughs) there's nothing on the menu. Hurry up!" And (laughs) I'm like, "It's coming. I'm sorry. It's in the it's in the post." But just to timestamp this, obviously it's the 19th of May. This will be out. 
early next month. It feels like winter is already here, <laughs> it, so it, I can understand. Winter, winter is upon us yeah, for sure. It is chilly. People but, want those uh, those yeah cradle of dark beers. So yeah, I can understand. Hundred percent. But I went down to uh, Castle Maine and spoke to Andrew Cronin, who's the head brewer at Shed Shaker. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, he's also the co-owner of Cavalier. Oh, oh okay. yeah, Cavalier yeah. Brewing. Yep. But um, the owner, Doug Crawford, he's the drummer of Hunters and Collectors. Wow. Um, yeah, but that podcast I'm very proud of, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way that they conducted themselves and yep. be out tomorrow. But, yep. That's you know, they use the chocolate nibs in their robust stout yeah. from the chocolatier place next door. Oh, oh that's, that's awesome. Great. And a lot of stouts, like, and, and uh, porters, you know, they'll always say, like uh, notes of coffee and chocolate yep. where some of them just smell and taste like what an ashtray and burnt coffee mixed <laughs> together would be like <laughs> with the actual aroma of this this robust stout you know it's four and a half percent which probably helps it's not mm. on the stronger side yep. but you could definitely put away a six pack for sure yep. yeah 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 you i think that was one of the you know, that, that took me a while to realise that there are dark beers that are that are sessionable, you know. Yeah. I, I mm. think I was just so used to... You, I think you, you grow up with Guinness. Outside of Guinness yeah. on tap, there aren't many no. sessionable ones, eh? No. no. Maybe that's where the market will go next. Uh, Potentially. Be, yeah. Yes. I think more and more people are, are keen to try them now, I think. Um, yeah, I feel like I only really got into it in the last maybe four years or so it was probably when we started getting into this to be honest mm. uh, and now we will always go out of our way to pick up new ones and yeah it's funny you never see dark beers on the slopes oh that's a good point yeah, there's, there's probably a market there yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, it's always like, like lagers and that's about it yeah really. and Coronas and yeah. whatever they can shove in a bottle and charge like I think the last time I bought a Corona was like Fourteen dollars oh. at Hotham. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, those what hit the, the, the mountain yeah. prices are oppressive, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah, put the esky in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. a few yeah. trips back. Definitely <laughs> yeah. BYO. You need one of those jackets that you can just fill up. Duffman. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's probably a market in the apparel <laughs> business for one of those. I think I've got a. I think I've got a can sling that you can just kind of yeah chuck everything in. Oh and, hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're just. This is a, I don't know, a fucking kettle of ideas. <laughs> Where's Shark Tank? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, it. incubator, let's go. <laughs> incubator, that's it. Uh, you reckon you'll be heading up Gabs? We spoke about that before we hit play. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're going on, uh, we're going to do the Saturday day session. Yeah, um, smart. We were a bit bummed that we missed out on going this year as a, you know, as, as, a, vendor. as, as a vendor. Yeah, it was, it just ended up being logistically a bit out of our hands at this point. I guess at, at the present time, uh, we would have had to have contracted our Gabs, like our festival brew, and then we just, which would have, that would have been fine. The difficulty was in having enough having variety and enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and to, to contract that amount of variety out, like when we go to festivals, we like to bring at least probably five or six new mm. beers. Mm. Uh, yep. And it just, with the demand that Gabs sort of, you know, entails uh that was not going to be realistic yeah. i think last time we spoke to the guys we kind of got going at the same time that the zithologist guys got going and having a chat to them at their last gabs run they were out of beer i think on the first day within maybe the day session jesus and, and they i think they brewed i don't know what the run was maybe it was five or ten i think there. they just weren't expecting to sell as much as they did but yeah. they yeah they had a they had a non-alc or an IPA, I think, do just spectacularly well. It might have cleaned up an award or something, mm. and uh, which is usually a good magnet for you know 
uh, beer hunters at Gabs. Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, they just got slammed. It's the same thing happened to Dollar Bill when yeah. they won, you know, the AIBAs. Um, you know, we tried to go get beers from them and they were sold, sold out. out. <laughs> yeah. I think we, could, we were able to scramble some dregs, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think we're just going to wait, hope, hopefully next year, but yeah, we're just going to wait until we're prepared. certain that we're prepared and ready. Yeah. Bring yeah. out our A game. So obviously not not going to that one as a vendor, but are there any other special events that you're particularly excited about? Like, um, look, most of the festivals we've done have been great. Like, uh, we do we've done Bendigo a couple of years now. Um, we're ex- actually we're pretty keen to get into Ballarat next year. I've heard very good things about that. Um, we did Willie Beer Fest last year, which was really good. Um, it was nice to have a I guess a separate Melbourne festival that is. Um, you know, pretty flat out. I know they were kind of struggling with numbers post-COVID, uh, but yeah. I think this year will be a bit of a different uh, story. More people are feeling like it's back to normal. Mm. Sure. Um, just trying to think of any other... Are there any other festivals or whatnot that we have? There's the... Our, honestly, our favourite one is... Uh, Longwood. Longwood, yeah. Mm. The, yeah, I've heard good things from Longwood, eh? So good, yeah. yeah. The, 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 yeah so right. the guy, Ricky, who organises it is... Um, you know, he's the head of the, the football and netball club there and he's just a weapon. Um, he puts on an absolute show every year. Very um, community-focused. Super just, supportive. Yeah. You know, he's always listening to feedback and, and sort of implementing... Um, yeah, anything he can kind of do to, to, to gas it up for the next yeah. year, yeah. Uh, yeah. he knocks it out of the park. So as far as a, like a nice, um, intimate community setting, um, that's probably our favourite. Awesome. Yeah. Are there any future plans that you can sort of uh, <laughs> talk about? So obviously you've made the big move from Regional Vic down to Footscray. You've established... Uh, Bit of a collaboration here with Yeah, Bruger. look, very broad strokes at the moment. Uh, the long-term goal is to bring it back home. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, we've got, a, uh, we've got our eyes on a couple of places that are probably not up for, uh, I guess, they're, 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 they're probably not ready for us to go into at the moment and we're not ready to go into. Um, they will require significant investment and, um, yeah, probably a lot of things that we just don't have at the moment, including cash. Um, I think in the short term, we may look for something a little more small scale in Melbourne, uh, probably try to do the reverse of what uh, Bridge Road have done. Um, so where they've obviously started in uh, back Bridge in the Earth. bush and then they've Come moved. Down here. Yeah, they've, they've got the huge new venue in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I think we'd like to do a kind of smaller thing in, uh, or, you know, small to medium sized thing in Melbourne. And, and then, then back. Yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. Uh, we, ideally, we'd love to pick up something west side. Um, and, and go with these guys, the, the, the Brugger guys. Um, you know, we love the beer and burger combo. It's an absolute they hit. They go hand in hand. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, last time I was up in Canberra, you know, we went out to, um, not Ben Spoke, the other guys. Capital. Capital, yeah. And, you know, they've got the, the burger truck out of there and, you know, just getting a, a fresh, you know, lager and a... And, a, and a, just a great burger. It, it's such a nice experience. So, um, yeah, we, we'll continue to work with these guys um, for as long as possible um, while they're still keen as well. And, um, yeah, we've, we've um, the other, I guess, tidbit is that we've, we're tentatively looking – well, not tentatively. We've put a deposit down on a new brew house. Um, we're just basically looking for a space now to put it. Um, yeah, Big it's, banger? It's a 20 heck run. It's um, it's all ex-dairy equipment. Um, the guys who previously owned it are 
being incredibly hospitable and keeping it in a shed down on one of their farms while we uh, sort out our <laughs> shit and, um, you know, hopefully find a home for it soon. Mm. Um, yeah, that's kind of been the biggest uh, struggle for us at the moment is, you know, we want to be brewing so many different limiteds and, and um, so many different SKUs. Uh, but we are very much limited to, I guess, yeah, these these bigger batches at the moment. And, um, you know, our, our minimum run, uh, we contract through Burnley at the moment who have been phenomenal. Um, but our minimum run out of there is 40 heck. And it's, you know, similarly to what happened with the, the hazy, you know, we've been burnt before and we need to just make sure that we, whatever we commit to, we know that we can shift in a couple of months. Um, Burnley's collaboration with Range last year with that Fest beer. Yeah. Mm. They did that October Range. I think there were four or five beers. Oh, gee whiz. They were good. I mean, yeah, like Mikey, Mikey, the the head brewer uh, out there, or was, um, he is... He's arguably one of the best, if not the best, sort of uh, European-style brewer in in Australia, I would say. You know, he's had that German training and German background. He's done that stint over there, yep. uh, which is one of the reasons why we, we wanted to take our brews over there, um, particularly with the launch of our lager and whatnot, you know, six, six to 12 months ago. Um, yeah, he's the, the, and it's not just Mike here. The, the whole team there is incredibly talented and... Um, you know, we never have any concerns about sort of dumping a recipe on them and, and letting them kind of bring it to life. Uh, but yeah, it, it does kind of speak to the, the the bigger picture for us wanting to move into a space where we can do five to ten heck runs and, and punch out these, you know, these More pilot variety. batches that we've yeah. been putting through here um, and getting them into cans and getting them into the hands of other people and other bottle shops. Yeah. yeah. What would you uh, attribute your success to? Success. <laughs> you, you, any growth is success, I think. Yeah, especially, no, no, that's especially right. in yeah. this industry, yeah. like it can be almost dangerous just a state of survival. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, th- I think the the big thing for us has been the the network around us. Um, We've had a lot of support from good people, friends, family as well. Yeah, obviously yeah, your it, relationship too was brothers and business partners yeah yeah we we do work incredibly well together i think in the entirety we've worked together we might have had one or two disagreements and they're not really even fights you can very quickly kind of it's usually when things are just you know if you have an incredibly stressful situation you're just trying to work that out like i think we'd had one particular day where just Hamish had equipment breaking. We'd had a gas leak down at the bar that we couldn't fix because we didn't have equipment. Everything was just going wrong, and like I needed Hamish's help, and he didn't have capacity, and it was, it, it was just all blowing up. But like that wasn't really—I I wouldn't consider that a, a, a sort of biff. Um, it was more just like it was just an overload for us both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, we we both have such clearly defined roles in the business that it's. Mm. Um, if anything, I think the the biggest struggle for the both of us is, um, you know, we kind of have to do our our tasks by ourselves it is hard to kind of um very independent yeah so it's like oh, i need help with this and we don't know what Eve, yeah anyone else is doing like I, I have no brewing knowledge if he told me he needed me to brew something i like i no can idea. follow instructions yeah. to like the closest i get to is make making starters for him and and yeah. even then he has to sort of call me with direct instructions so i don't bugger anything up yeah um you know and so, like and vice versa yeah, <laughs> like hey, I need side, you to do this. Like, <laughs> fill out this spreadsheet and submit this and do this. And it's like, yeah, here's the list of instructions. Follow this. What's and... Excel? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Excel can be your best friend, 
but it can also be a nightmare. Yeah. Oh. Look, thankfully, I've you know worked with it for, for many years, so it's become a bit of a you know uh, secondary secondary nature. But um, yeah, I think yeah. Th- so those clearly defined roles are um, they they by and large are, are, are positive for us. Um, and yeah, cannot like uh, cannot be more sort of. Um, I guess expressive of our gratefulness to, towards friends and family that have um, you know brought so much. Like I genuinely don't think we would have been able to do half of the things we've been able to without their input. Like we've got mm. um, we're, we've got uh, obviously mum and dad helping us with um, you know a lot of logistics back home. We're not, obviously not in the bush as much as we need to be so they run product and whatnot for us. Um, and then uh, we've got a really really tight team of sort of mates that I've worked with and gone to school with. Like I've got um, uh, Chris who helps us with all of our like brand strategy and, and um, you know, bringing all these products to life out. Like once it obviously leaves Hamish's hands, it's got to, you know, take on this uh, persona and he, he really helps kind of um, bring that together along with Gav, our graphic designer. He, those two together, um, you know, do phenomenal work. Um, and then we've got Bridget, uh, mate from school she helps us with all of our sort of book work and accounting and things thing, again it's si- similar to me with the brewing like it's just things that I, I, I don't know and you don't really get to know until you get your hands dirty and she's been there basically every step of the way to guide me through and make sure I don't fuck anything up too much that's the thing like you really gotta uh, stick to your strengths mm. you yeah. can't spread mm. your bandwidth too can't thin go, yeah. no, okay. otherwise do you, much, you don't yeah. do anything right no, no that's no. right yeah and, yeah, just that's good. Like, especially from a resource point of view, I feel like a lot of people from the city, and I don't know if you sort of get this, but it, it seems as though they just write us off in yeah. that, like, we don't have the resources to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. 100% um, yeah. Other, mm. other than, you know, grow fruit, milk cows. <laughs> <laughs> like, I th- look, I, th- yeah, I, I think we, we, we definitely had the privilege of, um, you know, having a pretty tight knit bunch for school and then um, obviously in the workplace and, and, and you know that that helped immensely. Like we've got, um, you know, we're we're sort of working towards a point now where there's going to be other mates um, from that we went to school with that are probably going to come on board. Um, you know, we've had friends that have been here, like in working in the bar with me to help me run things. And um, you know, we're we're working to a point where um, you know, similarly to how well Hamish and I work together, we work together so well um, that you know I want to get them involved in the business long term um and you know one of those guys is hopefully going to come on board in the next six months and um help me kind of uh in a bit of a hybrid setting with regards to uh, running the bar and 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 sales uh cool. so you know those things are, are a huge boon for us um yeah that network is is um yeah you can't really put a price on it it's just yeah they're amazing so good a lot of that comes from his ability to He's very good at networking, so I'm I'm, sta- I'm starting to get the uh, dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got the crazy experimental brother yeah. in the shit <laughs> but that, and then I we've mean, got the front of the business. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what it kind of comes down to at the end of the day is that the, I guess we will continue to flourish if we can create an environment for Hamish where he can be as expressive and creative as possible. You yeah. know, that that's really where the magic comes yeah. out at the end of the day. Obviously, there's there's um, you know, science that has to go into that to the make alchemist. sure. Alchemist, yeah. Mm. It, it, like as far as execution goes, you have to have your ducks in a row there. But Hamish does, thankfully. I mean, I don't think we would have kind of gone down this path had he not. Um, and yeah, my job is just to facilitate that environment. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. Uh, would you give what advice would you give to aspiring brewers and those looking to start a brewery? Don't. Uh, I guess <laughs> yes. it, it, dep- it really depends on what you're looking to do. So you, you said start a brewery, did you? Yeah, or just, you know, as you said, uh, and how you started, which is very similar to that of Jeremy Blight, the founder of Three-Legged Brewing. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Blighty's Beers back in uni, had the Coopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously, like, his engineering background and being around process, that's how... Sort yeah, of stepped sure. it up, but mm-hmm. maybe going from the small batch beers in the shed to something greater, something bigger. I think mm. you've got to have you've got to have a really really hard think about um, the first thing. Is this something you want to do? If it's just one person, um, is this something you want to do by yourself? You know, if you love brewing beers, there's plenty of people that are out there looking for uh, pl- pl- plenty of companies that are out there looking for brewers. Um, you know, so if that's going to scratch that itch, then, you know, I'd recommend you go down that path. But if it's something, if you want to bring your own product, I guess, and you want to have full ownership over it, you've got to be super considerate of how, how you're going to execute all of that. Sure. You know, there's, there's so much work to do um, in and around, you know, the, the book work, the business side of things, the, the, the product launches, the product development. Like it doesn't just end when, it's, when it comes out of the vat. There's, there is a at 50%, maybe more to do outside of there. Uh, and if you can't do all of those things, and chances are you probably can't because, you know, one person can only do so much, mm. you need to make sure that you are either partnering or you're teaming up with somebody that, that can fill in those other gaps. And don't get me wrong, you're, you're not going to know all this stuff. Like, I feel like we're four or five years in now and we're still we're still stumbling every step of the way, but, you know, that's how we learn. Um, you know, the hazy is a great example of that. We really had to go through that to learn what our limitations were and what we, you know, what we needed in the future to make sure that we didn't make the same mistakes. Um, so just try to be as, uh, try to get as much clarity around that as possible and, and be ready to make a ton of mistakes um, and just try to keep them as, as cheap as possible so that you, you're kind of not bleeding yourself dry. Sure. Um, there is definitely an argument for keeping your day job too. Uh, you know, Hamish is still working at the moment. Um, I'm not, but I am considering going back to work just because, you know, winter's slowing things down and we're going to bring this other person on board um, who's going to kind of fill my shoes a bit that we hope. Um, so, yeah, like consider all those things, you know. It, cash flow is obviously so important with a yeah. business like this or any new start. You just have to be super mindful of it and, um, you know, try to be as resourceful as possible. And be willing to put the time in as well. Yeah, I was going to say, from your perspective, obviously, brewing specifically, you know, was there any any more that you wanted to add, like, from a scalable sense, like brewing itself, as far as... Oh, look, obviously, you need the passion there. The passion? Yeah, and, um, you know, there's a lot of... Brewing beer is not easy it's complicated so you have to um be willing to put in the time to learn and develop your skills in that world um uh, and it depends on your approach i suppose if you want to be more creative or more scientific um but yeah um it's not easy and yeah similar to running a business learning to brew i'm self-taught so lots of mistakes um thankfully not too many have been (laughs) Particularly costive. Yeah, the, the costly. I, mean, I think um, I think that one batch was the worst, and then yeah. these, these smaller batches. Yeah. Are, yeah. The the I think on 
from Hamish's perspective as well, um, you know, you, you really do need that commitment. Um, out, you can't really treat it like a classic nine to five. Um, you know, Hamish really doesn't have, and I, I, you know, without kind of getting too much into that grind set culture and that, yeah, it, which is I don't think particularly healthy. But as where um, that's where burnout comes from, massively, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and you know, we do we have those check ins from time to time because at the end of the day, Hamish is the one whose schedule is fuller. You know, he works four days a week, he brews on Fridays, and then he runs markets Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So theoretically, he doesn't have a day off. Um, and I, I I don't. I don't say that to kind of, you know, implore people to um, follow the same route, but I'm just saying that this is what's required. Yep. From this is what you're up against. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, if you can, uh, I guess, you know, other breweries have started where they've they've managed to raise capital from the, you know, from the... That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. How like, that's done. Like, mm. Young Henry's, I think they had seven or 800K behind them before they really kicked off. Like, See, that's nuts. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. I, I feel like with a... That's crazy. We, we've kind of cost out what would, what it would take us to jump into the new spot, and you know it comes out at a, probably a couple of hundred. Yeah. Um, and you know we have thought about, I guess selling raise along and that or? sort of thing. Yeah. Look, it's always a consideration, but I I think we're going to try <laughs> to do it without. Ju- <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Visiting China. It's on the cards. Waking up in an ice bath. <laughs> Months later, but that was all You've worth got it. Three hours to get to a hospital. <laughs> um, yeah, we've 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 put all these ideas on paper. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it it is you know if you can get that capital early, then that's obviously the the best thing you could do. You yeah. know, money just makes things so much easier. It's it's the kind of the obvious thing. But yeah. um, if you can get that jump start, or if you can partner up with somebody who can give you that that boost. Huge, yeah. Um, yeah, we we realistically at this point just need uh, new equipment and a new space, you know, and I guess preferably something that we can build into a tap room. Yeah, um, of course. I, I guess, it, although in saying that, if we hadn't gone down this path, we wouldn't have met these guys at Brugger, um, and you know, they fill a lot of the the, the gaps in, um, you know, I guess both like practical we and knowledge food. wise. We don't, no, we don't, we don't know, know food. We don't know fit outs. Like fit out is huge. You, yeah. you look at some, think of the, the, the breweries that you've been to and you yeah. think of the ones you love, a lot of the time fit out has a lot to do with it. Mm. You know, instead of sitting in a cold shed, you might be, uh, like I, I always use Deeds as an example for this. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if you've been been out there before, but the, the fit out is incredible. I know they had a lot of time to kind of um, get that right. It's like with Moondog the, as well though. Like, yeah. Look at what they fucking it's, created. It's <laughs> Moondog you know? world. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you really need to put that time into thinking about the 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 ambience and the, um, you know, I guess what what your fit out uh, is bringing to the table for, for your customers and your customer base um, yeah. and what it represents. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's been another huge, um, you know, it's not just the food with these guys. You know, they bring, they, they bring well over a decade of uh, hospitality experience to the table and yeah. that extends in so many directions. Awesome. Uh, so I think we might wrap this up. We're right on time. Uh, where can listeners see and see the team, hear more of you guys, lurk your socials? Uh, look, we're always floating around either around Footscray <laughs> or, or Moglin Embi or Euroa specifically. So, yep. you know, if you ever want to get in touch, hit us up through Instagram, which is... Mog Brew? At Mog underscore Brew. Yep. Um, 
come down and see us at Brugger. It's um, at 487 Barclay Street. That's the one. That's the one. Yep, in Footscray. Uh, and then any of the festivals, just keep an eye out for us. Come and say hi. We're, um, we're always keen for a chat and keen to meet, you mm. know, punters. So um, come say good day. Awesome. Thanks, Perfect. guys. No, Thanks, thanks for you. having us. Yeah, this was Easy. great. Thanks for making the trip.